different seasons. Uh, today, in the life of the church, we're celebrating our graduates. Uh, they have uh, survived uh, a long journey through school, and, and they're transitioning some to, to college and uh, Rebecca into the workplace. And uh, but, but we all go through that. We all go through different seasons. Some of you, uh, are, some of you here today, are grandparents. Some are parents for the first time. Um, you know, uh, some are single, and, and that's glorious. And uh, we, we are all going through different seasons of life. Uh, and, and in that, in that, we we have the opportunity to turn to God's word and to be reflect on, to be reminded of what's really important in life. Um, as these teenagers and young adults are, are transitioning into their own life, we're all going in different transitions as well. And I'm not a fan of change. I don't like change. If I could keep them all from graduating, if I could keep everything the same, I would. I would. Luke, growing up, I don't like it. I want to keep them at, at every stage. I want, I, you know, I want to keep them there. I don't like change. But it comes because there's a season for everything. That's how God uh, designed it, and it's good. Um, it is good. Even when we don't like it, it's still uh, good, and it serves a purpose. And um, in this psalm, I hope that we can see that we can trust God in every season of life. And that is the, the sermon title for today, Trusting God in every season of life. Trusting God in every season of life. So let's read. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, to which I may continually come. You have given command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O oh my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the cruel man. For you, O oh Lord, are my hope, my trust, O oh Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been as a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the name of the old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him. And there is none to deliver him. Oh my God, be not far from me. Oh my God, make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace may be uh, covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually, and I will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Your righteousness, O oh God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, O oh God, who is like you, you have made me see many troubles and calamities, will revive me again. From the depths of the earth you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. I will praise you with the heart for your faithfulness, O oh my God. I will sing praises to you with a lyre, O oh Holy One of Israel. When I sing 
My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me harm. Who sought to do me harm. So graduates, church, uh, when we approach the scriptures, I said this last time, there's always an opportunity for us to learn, know, change, stop, or do something. Um, God's word is faithful in that. In every passage of scripture, there's something for us to know, change, stop, or to do. And today, as we're going to walk through this psalm, we're going to see that there are things that this psalmist has learned. And we're going to look at how he responds in these verses. And then we're going to look at what that means for us. We're going to look at what the psalmist has learned over the course of his life. See what he learned about God and situations and seasons and transitions. And we're going to see... In those moments, what he did, and then we're going to look at some application for us as well. And so, uh, with that said, um, we're going to kind of group them together, uh, do do some group uh, application together. So, in the first three verses here, we see the psalmist has learned that God is his refuge, that God is his deliverance, that God is his savior, um, and that God is righteous. Uh, the psalmist, this is uh, written by a, a person who is you know, well advanced in years. And in the psalm, he's kind of looking back, okay, from childhood. And he even goes as far as while I was in the womb. He's thinking about God's righteousness and his faithfulness and how he has learned to trust him. And so these first three verses is kind of a summary of that. Just a summation of how God has interacted with him in his life and how he has responded in these first three verses. So, what the psalmist learned is that God is our righteous refuge, deliverer, and savior. That's what, that's what we see him learning there. O Lord, do I take refuge. In God alone, he takes his refuge. And it's God's righteousness that delivered him and rescued him. God is his rock of refuge. God saves him. He is the savior. You have given the command to save me. You are my rock and my fortress. So he starts out the psalm with the summation of what he's learned over the course of his life. He has experienced both challenges and blessings. And what he has concluded is that the only place to take refuge is God and God alone. The Lord is our Savior. He saves us. And that is where uh, we take refuge in the good times and the bads. And so, so that's what you learn. That's what he has learned over the course of his life. And what he responds with in these verses is that he is to continually return to God. He has seen in every aspect of life to continually return to God. That's what he says in verse 3. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. This old man, this faithful saint, has experienced life and knows throughout the transitions Throughout the things that he goes through, God is there for us to continually come to. All of us have been in different seasons. Some of us have wandered from God, uh, sometimes during college and and, in other places. But what we see here is that uh, for those who are in Christ, we can continually come before God. If you're here today, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you've never placed faith in Jesus uh, for the first time. God is there for you to always come and do that, to surrender your life to him and follow after him. So that's what he responds with, that he knows he can continually 
return to God. That in life, God is only is the only safe place to turn. And he explains why. Uh, and the reason he is the only safe place to return is because for those in Christ, for those who live by faith, we are fully forgiven and accepted because of our salvation, because of what he has done. We can fully come to Christ. We can continually come to Him. He is the only safe refuge in life. And we can all testify that at least here in America, things are changing and not for the better. Not for the better. The world that you graduates are going into is going to be hard. You're going to face a lot of challenges. Rebecca, in the school place, you're going to face a lot of challenges being a public school teacher. More than what Robin's ever experienced, what Amy's experienced, more than any other generation in America before. And so as we experience these things, what he says is that he continually returns to God, that he is the only safe place. He is the only rock and refuge. In college today, you may hear about it. There's places called um, uh, safe spaces in school uh, or in colleges now. And that's to get away. That's to escape from ideas that you don't like. Uh, whatever it is, uh, colleges are creating these safe spaces. But what we see in Psalm 71, that God is really the only safe place that we can return to. And it's not to keep us away from the bad stuff or things that we don't like or things that might hurt us. But it's because we've already experienced life. We know that in life there's going to be blessing, but we also know there's going to be sorrow. We know there's going to be challenges. So while the colleges may create safe spaces to keep you from ideas that might hurt your feelings... God knows that in this world you're going to face those troubles. And we can return to Him. We can continually come to Him to seek a deliverance, to seek a refuge, to be our Savior. So graduate in church, God calls us to continually come to Him. This is our application. God calls us to continually come to Him, and in Him we find strength, and we're reminded of our hope. And we see that once again... Uh, that our joy, even in the midst of adversity, is made complete in Him. We will never, never, never find complete and true refuge and deliverance in anything else in life. Not in relationships, as tempting as it may be. Not in spouses. Not in jobs. Not in hobbies. Whatever the world tries to throw at you to tell you that it's going to satisfy you, it won't. It won't last. But God is our refuge, and in Him, in every season, we can trust in God alone to take care of us. Guard your heart from trusting in anyone or anything other than God in every season of life. In every season of life. Verses 4 through 6. Verses 4 through 6. He takes a look back to see what he has learned even as a child. So what the psalmist learned there, verses 4 through 6, that even as a child, God was there for him. Even as a young boy, he experienced suffering. Verse 4, rescue me, O God, from the hand of the wicked. Uh, so even as a young boy, he experienced that suffering. Anyone who's ever been bullied in school knows how mean and cruel kids can be at times. Um, it, it just happens. Um, sinful nature can get the best of us. Even Luke at daycare. He told me this one girl wouldn't let him play with this toy. I'm like, well, I'm going to go destroy her. I'm like, how dare you? She's like, maybe sad today. I'm like, oh, really? Really? And I told Rob, I was like, well, obviously i got to go destroy this little person. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, 
Why? We are to shepherd our children as God shepherds us. And God says, vengeance is mine, so I, vengeance is mine on this little one. Uh, no, but but as, as a young child, this person, this faithful saint, knows that children are going to experience adversity. And you know, we, the little ones in here, Austin or Colton or Sally or any other little ones here, it's going to be hard at times. School's going to be hard. You're going to experience things you don't like. Uh, you know, and parents, for us in here, it's an opportunity to teach them about God's forgiveness and how we need to continually forgive as God has forgiven us in Christ Jesus. Um, and it's an opportunity to teach them why God had sent Jesus. And, and so he's taking a moment, he's reflecting, even from birth, from my youth, God has been my source of hope. God is the author and the source of this man's hope. Verse 5, for you, Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. God has taken care of him. So verse 6, verse six another way uh, to translate that is, from my mother's womb, you have taken care of me. From my mother's womb, God has taken care of this person. And so he's taken a moment to reflect, even when I was young, God was there for me. I could live by faith even as a young person. Because I saw how God had been at work. So the way he responds is once again, praising God, the phrases continually. Verse 6. Verse 6, at the end, my praise is continually of you. This person trusted God even when he was in trouble and even as a young person. So graduate in church for us today, and especially children, listen, continually praise God. For he will always be our source of hope. And trust him even when life is cruel. You're going to have lots of people who will not be nice to you throughout the rest of your life. It, the world is sinful. It's going to happen. You're, there will be days when you won't be nice either. But for us as believers, as Christians, entering the workplace, entering college, going into our own workplaces, those kinds of things... What we see here, a point of application for us, is that we are to continually praise God, for He is our source of hope. And why? God is never failing. He is all-powerful. There is truly none like the God that we serve here this day. One who could take care of you even when you're in the womb. No one can do that. No one, no God, no person, no anything can take care of you from even in the womb. There's no one like that. So in as we experience trials, as we experience trouble, continually praise God because He is almighty. He is strong. He is mighty to save. He is wonderful. Verses 7 through 16. What we see the psalmist has learned is that even in old age, God has been there for him. Even in old age, God has been there for him. He, he says um, in verse 9, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. And he recounts uh, parts of his life. He recounts parts of his life. Once again, uh, enemies uh, keep concerning him. Uh, saying that God's forsaken him. Let's pursue and seize him. Uh, no one's going to deliver him. 
he has accusers, he has scorn, he has trials and struggles and things that um, are painful to endure. And so what we see him doing here in verses 7 through 16 is recounting portions of his life from probably early adulthood uh, through now his old age. Uh, he sees, what, what we see here is an example to many uh, of his life uh, worshiping God. So verse 7 says, I have been as a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. Another way to translate that is, uh, I've been an example to many because of your strength and protection. So he's looking back at the course of his life, probably from early adulthood, and saying, my life has served as an example to many because of how God has been there. Because how God has uh, been there to be his rock, has been there to strengthen him, has been there to protect him. I've been an example. You can look at my life and see what God has done. The psalmist has learned that in this life there's only one purpose. There's only one purpose. And that's to live for God and to glorify him forever. He's resolved the fact that this life isn't about building his own kingdom. It's not primarily about our own concerns, but about being willing to let his life be used for God as a testimony for others. He has been an example. His life is a testimony to others about God and what he has done in his life. The struggles from childhood continue into adulthood, like it's in verses 10 and 11. We see that. And... Um, but so does God's deliverance, verses 12 through 14. 12 through 14, we see God delivering him as well. His struggles continue into adulthood, but once again, it's God who is there for him. It is God who strengthens him. And the way he responds is once again, God's praise or praise of God is continually on his lips. Verse 8, my mouth is filled with your praise. They trust in God continually. Verse 12. Oh God, be not far from me. Oh, make, uh, oh my God, make me haste to help me. That uh, his hope is in God continually. Verse 14. But I will hope continually and praise you yet more and more. We have seen, and he, he says, looking back over his life, that the way he responds to the trials and the deliverance of adulthood and old age is to praise God, to trust Him, and to hope in Him continually. So graduates and church members here today, we know that hard times will come in every season of life. But God is faithful. He is there for you always. So we are to always praise Him. We are to always praise Him. Tell of his righteous acts. Tell of how he saves you. To the world, to your co-workers, to your friends, to the strangers, to the neighbors. Tell of how God has saved you. This psalmist says in uh, these verses 7 through 16, as he's reflecting adulthood and into old age, look, he still has trials and struggles, but God's been there to deliver him. He's the only one who won't fail. So what he says then is that he's going to hope continually, praise continually, Trust continually. Verse 15, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. For their numbers testimony. So yeah, talk about how he spiritually saved you, but talk about how he has physically saved you as well. 
God has physically blessed, saved, and protected many of us in here. Use those examples of well as well. That every good thing, every deliverance, comes from God's good and gracious hands. That everything good that we have experienced, the way that we were able to come through this trial, the way that we received this blessing, is because of God's goodness. And so he says, look, take this opportunity to tell about how good God is. We see this psalmist says, look, really the whole point of life is that my life would be an example of your goodness, your protection, your favor. That will go and tell the world about how good you are, how righteous, how faithful you are. They would tell the world these things that other people will glorify God in response, that other people might come to God once they see how God has worked in his life, once they see how he has allowed God to work in his life. So, graduate in church, tell of his righteous acts. Tell, tell of how he has saved you. And not only that, don't pursue the world's dreams, but continually come to God. Graduates, the world is going to tell you, draw you, lead you away from God. The world will do that. The society that we are in will do that. They will do that. But our response needs to not pursue those things, but continually come to God. Be reminded of Him. Don't be so focused on building your own kingdom that you forget the kingdom of God. That's how the world entraps us. It gets focused on the 401k. It gets focused on um, <coughs> retirement. It gets pro- uh, focused on earning more and more money. Making a name great for yourself to climb up the ranks of life. Many of us in here can testify to that. Get the better car. Get the nicer house. Do these things. Make your name great. So, as the world calls you to build your own kingdom, don't forget about the kingdom of God. That it's that uh, kingdom that should be our primary importance. As you enter the season, the world will call you to follow your heart, to make your name great, to make you, to call you to do whatever it is that makes you happy. As you discover yourself, but I'm begging you not to do this. May you decide now to let your life be an example to others of God's goodness and God's faithfulness, of God's salvation from day to day. Verses 17 and 18, what we see here, what the psalmist has learned, is that there truly is nothing better or sweeter than God and His wondrous work. Than God and His wondrous work. So he's, uh, once again, thinking about his youth and his old age and uh, what he wants to do, ultimately, now that he's thought about his life and recognizing what God has done through him, is that right now, he wants to uh, be able to proclaim to another generation God's power. He wants to proclaim to another generation God's power, what God has done. Uh, he has learned about life, the world, and God, and he asks for God to be faithful, that he would be faithful to God. And so I response, he asked God that he might be able to proclaim God's power, might and faithfulness to another generation. So graduate in church, especially older members, remind those younger than you about who God is and what God has done in your life. Remind the younger ones, all of us younger than you, about what God has done in, his life, in your life and his salvations. 
graduates, you can teach younger children right now about God's faith. The younger kids of the church look up to you. You can teach them now, even now, about who God is and the salvation He offers. Older saints, tell the generations after you about how you've seen God work. Continue to pass the faith on to those after you. You need to tell the stories of God's work to us, and we need to listen. In verses 19 through 14, we have uh, what I would call this psalmist's manifesto, uh, this you know, final declaration, verses 19 through 24. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you, you who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. I will also praise you with a heart for your faithfulness. O oh my God, I will sing praises to you with a lyre. O oh holy one of Israel, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long. For they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. We see his final declaration there. We see his final declaration that, that, there, that the bottom line of it all is that God's righteousness is like no other. That God's power is like no other. That God's plans is like no other. And that as we reflect on who it is, who this God is that we serve, the only proper response is to live our lives before Him in worship, in holiness, when we're driving down the road, when we're at the office, when we're teaching, when we're singing, when we're playing games. The only proper response to what God has done is to worship Him. To talk continually about who He is, His righteousness, His goodness. So in a moment we're going to sing a song of response. And you know, if you've never trusted in God to start with, this would be a great opportunity. I'd love to pray with you and talk to you about what that means to trust in God and to follow after Him. For those who are Christians, maybe you haven't been faithful. Maybe there's something in your life you haven't continually brought before God. This is a time to repent of that and to continue to trust Him. Because the exciting thing about God is that His mercies are new every morning. Amen. Like, we can fail all the time, and, his, and for those in Christ, his, mer his mercies are new every morning. Until you die, His mercies are new every morning. Let that excite us each and every day. Graduates, you're going to struggle. You're going to have uh, stumble in college. We all do. Why? Because we're not perfect. Everyone else in here, we're going to do the same. You're going to wake up tomorrow with the best of intentions, and then probably do some gosh-awful sin. I'll, including myself, including Mary. It's what we do. We're still sinners. Trump. But God's mercy is new every day, every moment, every hour. What we see in this life of the psalmist is to just come back to God, praise Him, as the world taunts us, as the enemy leads us astray. God is a God that we can come back to, to trust in. He can be always our rock and our refuge. When the world fails us, and it will, we know we can find solace 